Hey y'all, this is Byron. I uh, just want to put something out there. Yes, I am a mental health therapist. And yes, my couch is quite comfortable. However, if you're listening to this podcast, it is not a substitute for a therapeutic relationship with a certified or licensed mental health therapist. So though I appreciate you taking the time out to listen to me and hopefully gain some information and insight about what's going on with you from listening to this podcast, Take the time to seek out mental health resources in your area if you so need to. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. She's gonna blow. I was in full salute at this point. You okay, Mike? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is how we do it in North Carolina. <laughs> well, um, this is how we do it in LA. Welcome you back to the Captain's Couch. I'm your host, Byron Taylor. We are here for another day, another opportunity to thank the good Lord up above for having this podcast that I decided to do. Oddly enough, um, 
as I'm getting ready to do episode 23, well, session 23 of The Captain's Couch, I came across a uh, Facebook post that I made last year at the very beginning of uh, 2019 that said, um, I feel like I want to have a long discussion about um, sexual trauma and like childhood trauma and how that could affect an individual like R. Kelly. And uh, at the end of the post, I said to myself, I'm going to starting a podcast, aren't I? So I replied back to it. Yes, future Byron. Well, yes, past Byron. You would, in fact, start a podcast. I have not yet gotten to uh, the discussion of sexual trauma yet and how that could affect somebody like R. Kelly. But eventually I will get to that conversation about sexual trauma and how um, we need to redefine, especially for young boys, what sexual trauma looks like. But alas, that will not be a discussion for today, um, especially as you could tell from the clip from the beginning of the episode, as I went back to one of my favorite movies, The Wood. And uh, I'll get to that clip and the relevance of it uh, shortly uh, when we talk about today's show topic. But uh, we're back here on the Captain's Couch again. This is uh, the Mike Jordan episode of the of the uh the show session number 23 um pretty certain i think i will entitle it uh that's how we do it in north carolina um but uh got a chance to look guys and i gotta say it's been a month now um and no five new five star reviews and uh your boy's a little v sad about that um so in honor of that and in honor of the day I had at work today because I'm recording on Monday instead of over the weekend because I got the Destiny bug again and I played Destiny uh, Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah. Uh, you know what time it is. Alexa, play On My Own by Patti LaBelle. On My Own by Patti LaBelle from Tidal. Man, it was a day at work today, guys. Sing to me, Patty. So, yes, guys. I would really greatly appreciate your five-star reviews. So if you're using, listening to the podcast on Apple, you got an iPhone or an iPad, or even if you go on the iTunes website, um, you leave a five-star review for the show, rate it, write a little short review, tell me, you know, how I'm doing. Maybe, you know, if you have feedback, ideas, send them to your boy on uh, social media, on Twitter, at the Captain's Couch. Or at Captain's Couch, at Captain Ingenuity on Twitter. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear you guys' feedback on the show. Um, I know I, I know. usually folks will hit me up with their feedback, but send it to me on social media as well, guys. I greatly appreciate it. Mm-mm, we weren't even married, Joe. Alexa, 
Stop playing. So this week, I'm struggling a little bit uh, getting myself together. Um, but we're here with the show, and I'm going to get this good hashtag content out there. So this week, um, I went back to one of my all-time favorite movies, uh, The Wood. And in this this clip this week, we have the scene in the movie where Alicia and Mike are at the dance. Uh, they're in junior high school, so they're about like 13, 14 at this point. And um, they have the junior high school dance, and Mike uh, gets up the nerve to ask Alicia to dance after um, her her brother Stacy basically gave him, you know, the all the game. Well, get, put him up on game um, after the car robbery by saying, "Hey, uh, if this if this world were mine by Luther Vandross plays, go get a dance," and he manages to do that. Uh, he managed to do it while confronting this the uh topic for this week and we're going to talk about social anxiety this week so i'm gonna do the next few episodes i'm gonna talk about anxiety in a kind of few different ways um this week we'll talk about social anxiety next week i think i want to focus on kind of anxiety and as far as you know with with the african-american community along with how Racism plays into the anxiety that we as black people have um, and a few different things that contribute to some anxiety for some black people, including myself uh, at a time when I was growing up. So the topic of social anxiety um, is one that I absolutely can identify with. And part of the reason why I use the clip from the wood, I'll explain in a second. One, it is because it, it kind of goes very well with the topic of social anxiety, but also from my own personal perspective, um, it fits very well. So when we talk about social anxiety, we're talking about, this is an article from um, National Institute of Mental Health that says social anxiety disorder, more than just shyness. So it starts off by saying, uh, are you extremely afraid of being judged by others? Are you very self-conscious in everyday social situations? Do you avoid meeting new people? If you have been feeling this way for at least six months, these feelings make it hard for you to do everyday tasks such as talking to people at work or school. You may have social anxiety disorder. Um, social anxiety disorder or what we used to call social phobia um, is a mental health condition or one of the anxiety, several different anxiety disorders uh, in the DSM-5. Um, so it is an intense, persistent fear of being watched and judged by other people. Um, the fear can affect work, school, your everyday um, activities. It can even make it hard for you to make and keep friends, uh, but it's not something that can will stop you from reaching your full potential. So... Um, the article says, so what is it like having social anxiety? Um, I'll give an example of that, right? So we talked, so this week's clip introduced the wood um, and the dance scene. So the dance scene starts off with Mike rolling and slim going to the dance after they uh, narrowly avoided going to jail, getting caught in an armed robbery that Stacy and his buddy were committing and then getting in the car with Stacy and his buddy on their way to the dance and getting pulled over by the police. Um, narrowly avoiding that 
as well as the gun and marijuana in the car. Uh, as Mike uh, says while he's talking to the cops, please, God, if I if we could get out of this, I'll never grab another booty again, I swear. He's like, man, prayer really does work. So, <laughs> I love this movie. Oh, I love this movie so much. So, we get to the dance, and the dance starts off with Mike completely, you know, being mesmerized by all the happenings that were going on in the dance and, you know, deciding, all right, cool, I'm going to have a good time or whatnot. And then immediately forgetting that he cannot dance. I mean, immediately forgetting that he can't dance and then proceeds to get laughed out the gym, basically. So he then he then spends the rest of the night, like, not even trying. Like, um, he basically sits in the corner for the rest of the night as Mike and, well, as Roland and Slim are getting numbers, about to win the bet. You know, he's just kind of sitting there, just off to himself. And uh, both of the fella, both his boys come over and just like, hey, man, yo, you got to get about there, bro. And he's like, nah, man, you good. I'm good, bro. Nah, leave me alone. You know, uh, and then he, he basically gets irritated as hell at uh at Slim. At, Ro- at Roland and Slim uh, trying to get him to go get numbers, you know. So eventually he just kind of stays off to himself and doesn't really engage in, in anything until if this world with mine comes on and he decides to go out and dance with Alicia. I mean, he was able to kind of get through it, but yeah, it was it was a struggle for sure. Um. Uh, I say that to say this. I myself know full and well how that feels. So when it comes to dancing, as I like to tell people, I am still in the remedial uh, education courses of uh, dancing one-on-one. I got rhythm. I can dance on beat. I can hit a nice little two-step or whatever. But... uh, yeah, I did not take the Chris Brown advanced courses of dancing, so don't expect me to do a whole lot on the dance floor. Now, when I was younger, it was safe for me to go to, like, homecoming or to, like, prom. You know, the mixed crowd of black kids, white kids um, always felt safer to me because I didn't feel like I would stand out as much because you could easily go look at a white kid who's dancing worse than I am and I not draw attention. So, you know, I went to homecoming every year. I went to both of my proms. Um, but outside of that, you couldn't pay me to go to a dance because I was absolutely petrified. So here in town in the Bay, um, they used to have these dances at, uh, at VCJ, I believe St. Joe's, which was back in the day, the, uh, the all black school during during uh you know segregation separate separate but equal schools uh back in the day so we used to have dances in the gym and then later on they would have the dances over at the uh i think what was the name american legion it was over at the little armory thing or whatever um before katrina um but i would never go like i was like deathly afraid to even show my face um the closest i ever got i went up there one night and i went and hung out with 
Courtney and uh, my quote unquote niece Brittany, and they were like, "Yo, you coming in? You gonna come dance?" And I was just like, "Yeah, I can't do it." And I mean, I literally sat outside for like thirty minutes, going back and forth in my mind about like, "Oh, it can't be that bad." Like, you know, it, it can't be that bad. I, I won't get laughed. I'm like, you know, Bunny Hop's playing. You know, everybody's having a good time. I could not bring myself to go in there. I was absolutely petrified of going in there. I knew for a fact had I gone in there, everyone would be looking at me and start laughing because they knew, because I just knew I couldn't, I knew I couldn't dance. Um, and it's definitely one of those things that I regret in hindsight now is that had I taken the approach like I did with the other dancers, I would have been just fine. You know, dancing is something that even now I am re- like reluctant to do but I find a good sense of joy in it, especially because now going dancing with Alex is like really, really, really enjoyable. Um, I just did it for New Year's. So, you know, it's it's having that quality time with her and like making memories with, with her doing it makes it easier to kind of engage and enjoy. And now that I'm adult, I'm an adult, I know that not everybody can't, not every black person can dance like Chris Brown. But you know, the images that we've seen and the insecurity of what it means to quote-unquote be black growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s, like, just absolutely was crippling for me that I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I couldn't bring myself to really engage in them things. Um, So social anxiety was definitely something that was really strong for me at that time. Um, So what is social anxiety disorder? It's a common type of anxiety disorder. A person with social anxiety feels symptoms of anxiety or fear in certain or all social situations, such as meeting people, dating, being on a job interview, answering a question in class, um, having to talk to a cashier in a store, doing everyday things in front of people, such as eating or drinking in front of others or using a public bathroom can also cause anxiety or fear. Um, The person that is afraid he or she will be humiliated, judged or rejected. The fear that people with social anxiety disorder have in social settings is so strong that they feel it is beyond their ability to control. Um, So due to that, it gets in the way of going to work, attending school or doing everyday things like going dancing and hanging out with your friends in high school and being part of the, you know, going to like a social kind of outing like that. Um, People with social anxiety disorder may worry about these things or other things for weeks before they happen like every 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 week like every especially like come friday hey you going to the dance bar <sighs> nah man I'm, I'm gonna be at the house dog i ain't gonna make that you know like clockwork you know maybe it would be like maybe courtney might ask me or like eric might ask me or somebody might ask me hey b you going to the dance like nah and then of course FOMO kicks in come Monday morning and it's like, oh man, I probably should have gone. They was back that ass up. Everybody was having a good time, was twerking and there was carrying on going on. I would have enjoyed that. Sitting at home. So like social anxiety held me back in a lot of different ways. Like even growing up at that time, dating was definitely uh, a situation where like it was very hard to really try to go and do those things. Um trying to ask people out other than you know the person i was really comfortable asking out she does listen to this podcast hey sorry <laughs> hey kiddo um but like 
trying to go and meet new people and trying to actually ask other new people out was extremely difficult at that time. It was just dealing with like crippling anxiety because I just was so deathly afraid of people making fun of me. Um, and I was already getting picked on a lot at that time. Um, so it was really, really hard to try to get out of my brain and try to, uh, you know, put myself out there because I was getting mocked every, seemed like every time I turned around. Um, so some people, um, with social anxiety, they end up staying, sometimes staying away from places or events that they think they might have to do something that they will embarrass them. Um, some people with social anxiety don't have anxiety in social situations but it's in performance anxiety instead um they feel symptoms of anxiety in situations such as giving a speech playing a sports game and oh my goodness gracious let's not even talk about the level of anxiety that i had trying to play basketball Woo! um with the first episode of the show i talked about um my anxiety as far as imposter syndrome and oftentimes not really feeling like i was worthy or capable of certain things but on top of that a lot of my perform uh, a lot of my anxiety was social in regards to things like dancing and dating but also it was things like test taking like standardized tests with performance anxiety would kick in um basketball my anxiety was through the roof trying to play basketball and even like like with Nye with my daughter I know that her anxiety often gets really high um, when it comes to her performance with uh, Color Guard, that I know that at times she can, she does, what like once she gets going, once the performance gets there, she's in the zone. She's locked in, she's focused, she's doing her thing. But up before that, the anticipation of the performance often gets to her and she beats herself up um, and practices afterwards because she's very critical of her performance and also i noticed that dancing is a thing with her that she doesn't necessarily like to try to go and do as well and i think that also may be social anxiety related um she didn't want to go to homecoming this year so you know me and me and her mom uh and uh latoya allowed her to not do that but we were kind of disappointed. It was like, oh, we want you to have fun and we want you to do that and blah, blah, blah. But she was like, nope, I don't want to do it. I don't feel comfortable. Um, so what are signs and symptoms of social anxiety disorder? So when you have to perform in front of or around other people, people with social anxiety tend to blush, sweat, tremble, feel a rapid heart rate, feel like their mind's going blank. They feel nauseous and sick to their stomach. They show rigid body posture, make little eye contact, speak with an overtly soft voice, find it scary or difficult to be with other people, especially those they don't already know. Um, they have a hard time talking to them, even though they wish they could. They become very self-conscious in front of other people and feel embarrassed and awkward, um, being very afraid that other people will judge them. And they stay away or they stay away from places where there are other people. So things that we find that cause um, social anxiety. Uh, we tend to think that just like with other mental disorders, it runs in families. Um, but researchers also have found that several parts of the brain are involved with fear and anxiety. 
Um, some researchers think that misreading others' behavior may play a role in causing or worsening social anxiety. Um, so I know one thing that I have to stress. Um, I have a kid right now who I just started working with in therapy where he openly discussed that he does not like um, like having to do reports and stuff like that in class because he's afraid that people will judge him, that they'll make fun of him, that they'll laugh at him when he gets up to present his work. So he tends to act out or get in trouble or just completely will outright refuse to actually even do the assignment or to do the oral part of the assignment. So, you know, um, he had a he had an assignment where the teacher basically pretty much told him that, hey, um, all you have to do is do the written part of this. You don't have to do the oral part. Your classmate or whatever would do it. And he didn't even want somebody to read his words. So um, social anxiety can be extremely crippling. Um, if you have somebody with underdeveloped social skills, you may feel discouraged after talking with people and may worry about doing so in the future. Uh, by learning more about fear and anxiety in the brain, scientists may be able to better create treatments. Uh, researchers also look at ways in which stress and environmental factors play a role in social anxiety. So let's look at maladaptive or quote-unquote bad coping strategies for uh, social anxiety. And I wanted to kind of focus on the maladaptive ones first because I want to show how people tend, especially with some of my kids, tend to um, shy away from social things and actually really and truthfully reinforce their social anxiety. So that's something I, I preach to Naora often is do your best to try to engage in the thing that you're afraid of doing instead of shying away from it because that's how you improve is actually trying it. Um, so when we talk about um, maladaptive strategies, we're talking about things that, so the article says, and I like this touch, right? So there are both adaptive and maladaptive ways to cope with anxiety. Adaptive methods improve functioning, while maladaptive methods do not. Unfortunately, many maladaptive strategies are highly effective in reducing symptoms, at least in the short term. Unfortunately, the result is the increase is to increase dysfunction by maintaining and strengthening this, this disorder. So let's look at the maladaptive uh, coping strategy. So the first one that they identify is sensitization. A person using this type of coping strategy seeks to learn about, rehearse, and or anticipate fearful events. So if I, for my example, for me, so if I get word of there's a dance coming up on Saturday, yo, you want to go? In my mind, I will rehearse all the negative possibilities that can take place at that dance if I go. And once I've rehearsed those things, I then become more and more and more hyper aware, hyper vigilant of the possibility that these things could occur and it will then cause me to not want to go. Um, so this serves as a protective effort to prevent these events from occurring in the first place. Bad things can't happen to you if you don't put yourself in that situation. Um, like I, I, I take it akin to the situation that happened to me in college where 
It was May. It was a nice warm day in May, and I figured it felt good outside. I'm going to throw my Kango on, my furry, fuzzy Kango on in, like, the middle of May in Mississippi and go walk around campus. Now, sure, I got to... um. I got to the hub, I got to the yard, and uh, the Greeks laughed at me. Now, sure, I could have not gone to the hub and not walked that way, and I might not have got laughed at. Or I could actually have been smarter and not put the hat on in the first place because it was hot outside and I was sweating underneath the hat. Not going to lie. Um, so had I, rever- had I rehearsed it in my mind, I might not have gone that route and avoided the yard, but really and truthfully, I could have made a better decision. That's kind of why they was laughing. It's like, yo, it's hot out here, dog. Well, you got that hat on. And yeah, it was ridiculous. Still kind of sucked, though. Um, so these efforts result in hypervigilance and obsessive worrying. This type of coping strategy is commonly observed in people with general anxi- generalized anxiety disorder, and children with separation and separation anxiety disorder um, worry that they worry about the well-being of their attachment figure or worry that something may happen to keep them from being reunited or getting lost. Um, now, when it comes to social anxiety, one of the ways that another coping strategy, and it, it, it kind of mentions this here, what, another coping strategy that people often use, and it's actually the second one here. So another type of coping strategy is the use of safety behaviors. So let me skip down to, to this. Uh, with social anxiety, people often are afraid to go in social places without the person they quote-unquote designate as their safety person. Um, this person is a person who is a source of validation and reassurance to that person that if they are around this person, that they are perfectly okay. I used to be somebody's safety person. Um, and it can be very taxing over time um, where you're having to constantly reassure um, that the person's okay, that people aren't judging, that people aren't looking. Um, so safety behaviors refers to coping strategies where people come to rely on something or someone as a means of coping with their excessive anxiety. Um, this may be determined by an exorbitant amount of time and energy seeking reassurance of safety or repeated reassurances that some disastrous consequence will not befall them. Um, say, uh, some examples of this is shopping only when accompanied by someone else, carrying medication, quote unquote, just in case, refusing to drive unless somebody talks with them over the cell phone while driving, which Ironically, it's not very safe at all unless you're using a hands-free device. Um, So by far, the most common strategy for social anxiety is avoidance, anxiety avoidance. This coping strategy refers to the avoidance uh, of anxiety-producing situations. And I can attest to that, that there have been plenty of times where I have avoided going to things because I felt like I was not going to be able to function in that situation or that I was going to be really, really nervous or judged or laughed at even some things in college where I really wish I would have gone to like house parties. Now, albeit I, I admit that like my college experience was much different than most because I was raised in a family kind of all the while I was going to college. So it's not like house parties or black Greek events, which I kind of did want to go to. I 
wasn't able to and at times where I, I might have had the opportunity I might have second guessed and kind of talked myself out of it because it's not like it was a situation where as a matter of fact I did talk myself out of it because oftentimes I knew that if it was like a black Greek or uh, African American student organization um, thing on campus and I was actually able to go to chances are I would not go because of course my safety person in a situation in a social situation like that was my best friend and my best friend's white so he probably wouldn't have gone himself if i wanted to go um i think for me avoidance became kind of the thing where i definitely engaged in it a lot where i just would avoid doing or going certain places because i didn't want to get laughed at or i didn't want people to judge me um so this coping strategy refers to the avoiding uh, the avoidance of anxiety producing situations. Unfortunately, if the person does not confront the feared situation, it is it instead and instead avoids it, the fear will most likely be maintained. So like dancing for me, like um, I'm still not a good dancer, but I've danced at several people's weddings. I've danced with my girlfriend on uh, three different occasions. Um, well, more than that, because, I mean, we've even had, like, hey, late night dance party at our apartment, you know, having a good time. Um, I look forward to doing that again soon um, for her birthday. But I've gotten more comfortable with the idea of, okay, I'm going to go dance in front of a group of people and, you know, be damned if people make fun of me or whatever. I'm just going to have a good time. Um, but it took me a really, really, really long time to get to that point. Um, the avoidance coping strategy serves to maintain anxiety disorders disorders because the person never has the opportunity to learn that they can tolerate their anxiety. And that's one of the biggest things that we have to teach with anxiety um, as a therapist, especially working with the kids, is teaching them that instead of finding ways to avoid or negatively reinforce or negatively cope with the anxiety, that anxiety is not a terrible thing but it's something that we have to learn to adjust to and learn to be able to manage um so likewise they cannot have new experiences that would allow them to unlearn faulty beliefs that they come to associate with the situation so the strategy of avoidance is really successful because it quote unquote temporary takes away temporarily takes away the unpleasant experience of anxiety um and through a learning process, so this is this is uh, Psych 101 right here, operant condition, the person learns to avoid the ne negative experience of anxiety. According to the principles of operant conditioning, um, the behavior serves to remove the unpleasant consequence. So I can't reinforce my anxiety if I don't go. So even though avoidance is actually bad because you're actually denying yourself a possible pleasure you're also denying yourself the possible anxiety by not going so the behavior therefore becomes reinforced you keep doing it because okay well if i don't go i don't become anxious so i don't necessarily focus on what other thing i'll miss out by not going so if i don't go then i don't get to have fun i might not get a dirty one uh, a dirty wine as a as the the folks in the Caribbean would say, um, you know, or uh, John Boyega, uh, they were like, you know, they was getting mad because I was catching wines at Carnival. It's Carnival. Come on. I'm going to go get wine. I'm going to go catch some wines at Carnival. I'm like, 
That's a terrible John Boyega impersonation. But hey, you go, you go let those young ladies twerk on you, sir. You did a fantastic job at Star Wars. You go enjoy those those dirty wines, sir. You deserve. You deserve. Um so this is what we call negative reinforcement. So when we talk about negative reinforcement, I look at it like this, right? Especially working with kids. So if one of my kids struggles with some of his work and instead of asking for help or trying to manage or work his work through the issue or the problem that he's having with his work, if he decides that, okay, I'm going to act out so I don't have to do this work and I'll get taken out of the classroom. If that works and he then avoids having to do the classwork, he's probably going to do it again in a similar situation. Therefore, the behavior has been, quote unquote, negatively reinforced because you're taking it away and you're not getting a benefit from it. So the reinforcement is that it worked, so I'm going to do it again. But it's negative because it's actually taking things away instead of adding things. So a positive reward, uh, a positive reinforcement is actually a reward. So I do this thing and hey, I get a reward for it. So I went to work, I got paid for it. It's positive reinforcement. Um, so those are different types of negative or maladaptive um, coping strategies for anxiety. So we have avoidance, um, which leads to negative reinforcement. Um, we have safety, uh, safety behaviors or safety people or which, you know, it's kind of almost a form of dependency, um, a dependency, codependency uh, relationship also in a kind of a way. And that's a conversation I'll get to way down the road. Um, I definitely know the whole codependency route. Um, and then on top of that, we have sensitization, where instead of learning to desensitize your anxiety you're actually reinforcing it by going over possible scenarios and then anticipating bad things that will happen and then once you anticipate and can you know predict the bad things that will happen you then engage in avoidance so how can we work to actually positively cope with social anxiety um, so this last article, and we're going to start wrapping up the last article here is from medical news, medical news today, which is for, uh, top tips for a couple with social anxiety. Um, so according to the American depression, anxiety and depression association of America, 40 million Americans, um, 40 million adult Americans in the United States form, uh, experience a form of anxiety every year. Um, of these people, around 15% have social anxiety, which manifests in an intense fear of being judged or rejected by others in a social context. Uh, it's like having a heavy, heavy umbrella closing around your head. It is an intense fear of being in a situation where I don't know anyone. I'm worried about uh, judgment from others. I worry about how people. I worry about how people may see me as standoffish or I may worry about how people may see me as goofy or how people may see me as I don't know I've had situations where I felt socially awkward of being the only black person in the room um I've had experiences where obviously I didn't want to get laughed at 
So there's been plenty of experiences where I've absolutely felt socially anxious. Uh, for some people, dealing with social anxiety means avoiding the variety of social events, including uh, those that would typically be a source of joy and fun. Um, some people don't even go to their college graduations because of their social anxiety and the, being in the spotlight. Um, so social anxiety, somebody says this, um, social anxiety makes me feel as if I'm the only one suffering in that way and everyone else is just fine with going out and having a good time together. It makes me feel like no one likes me. So why would they want to talk to me? When they talk to me, I always feel like they're trying to find an excuse to get away and go talk to someone else. So how can we work to re kind of adjust and better cope with our social anxiety? So number one is avoid negative coping strategies. And we kind of listed the three major types of coping strategies. We listed sensitization, um, safety behaviors, safety people, um, kind of dependent, codependent relationships um, and avoidance. Um, the negative emotional and mental states associated with social anxiety can lead to psychological symptoms that worsen a person's anxiety and lead to further isolation. Uh, one person told us that his social anxiety led to not just, uh, quote unquote, internal feelings that include shakiness in my voice and brain fog that stops me from thinking straight but also feelings, uh, physical symptoms that included upset stomach, loss of appetite, sweaty hands, and muscle stiffness. stiffness uh, muscle stiffness. And I could have easily played lose, lose Yourself, or, um, and that's like a, a foray in social anxiety, or at least the scene where Rabbit has stage fright and uh, basically gets booed off stage because he doesn't perform. Uh, well, he throws up in the bathroom before he gets on stage and then has stage fright and freezes. Um, that's social anxiety all in a nutshell. Um, so one of the things that it suggests that we try to avoid as far as, um, social settings is avoiding drinking alcohol. Um, while the first couple of glass, the first glass or two may seem like the best anecdote, um, uh, against, uh, compulsive worry, drinking too much will likely end up in making your anxiety worse. Uh, past research has shown that heavy drinking eventually circles back to bad moods, heightened anxiety, and other related symptoms such as uh, disruptive sleep patterns. Um, according to the American Depression and Anxi uh, Anxiety and Depression Association of America, oh, Anxiety and Depression Association of America, words, um, approximately 20% of individuals with social anxiety have also an alcohol use disorder. Um, studies have shown that these findings apply to both adolescents and adults with social anxiety. So one top tip is when it comes to social anxiety, check in and avoid potentially worsening your symptoms is avoid drinking too much. So number two is face your fears and don't hide from them. So this is one of the things that I stress to my kids a lot and I stress to Naora a lot also is don't hide from it, don't run from it try to tackle it head on. Um, I know it's hard and trust me, even it's something I'm still constantly working on is breaking down the barriers of openly communicating and um, asking questions because sometimes that can be anxiety inducing, even in social settings where it's just me and my girl and it's 
I should ask her if this is okay, but I'm afraid of how she's going to respond. Um, another go-to for people who experience social anxiety is avoiding engaging in social settings by checking social media or doing activities on their smartphones. Um, so, a 2017 study or 2016 study looked at data of 367 um, young adult participants who were used smartphone users and found that significant positive correlations between excessive smartphone use and the presence of social anxiety. Um, and a 2017 study um, found that 182 young adult smartphone users who admitted uh, to being addicted to de technology also um, display potential markers for social anxiety, including isolation and low self-esteem. So, um, our smartphones have turned into a tool that provides a short, quick, immediate satisfaction, which is very triggering, uh, which one of the study's authors, uh, authors um, Isaac uh, Viafi, who is an associate professor um, of management information systems, shout out to my mama, my mama got a bachelor's in management information systems and uh, at Binghamton University, State University of New York. So, also, another thing with hiding behind your cell phone, um, well, it'll only avoid you having to deal with the issue of social anxiety. Um, it may be counterintuitive and even scary at first, but it's far better to face social anxiety head on through gradual exposure and increasingly complex social situations. So, one key component therapeutic component in the treatment of social anxiety calls for intentional exposure to social mishaps. Um, the goal is social mishap exposure is to purposely violate the person's perceived social norms and standards to break the self-reinforcing cycle of fearful anticipation and subsequent avoidance strategies. So simply put, purposely and repeatedly being awkward in social situations to learn that even a few social missteps will not lead to rejection or exclusion from social groups. Because after all, everybody's a little bit awkward. I mean, hell, go watch Insecure. Every last one of those people is awkward in their own way. Um, so basically what, what it means is that slowly but surely, get yourself out there. So it's kind of like swimming. You don't just jump off in the deep end and decide that, oh my God, now I can swim or I'm just going to drown because I couldn't swim to begin with. Start slow. Start going to like, you know, a, a lunch function or whatever and, you know, going maybe with a coworker that you're good with and, you know, tell your coworker, hey, just, you know, I'm going to be, you know, just come in with me or whatever. But I'm going to try, you can like after like 10 minutes or so, go do your own thing and I'm just going to kind of, navigate the place on my own and then slowly but surely kind of step yourself out more and more go to like you know the movies by yourself or go grocery shopping by yourself go to you know to the bar and have you know have a burger or something like that um but the idea is that after all everyone's awkward and makes blunders on occasion so what we want to try to do is go slow, but get out there. 
that's the main part is get out there so number three is reframing your thoughts so another coping strategy is to try to reframe your understanding of the stress you're experiencing um the thing is that we think anxiety is a bad thing yes it can be overwhelming it can be fearful but it's kind of the thing where like when you're nervous and anxious about like a a test or a sporting event or something like that sometimes that anxiety lets you know that it's something that is important to you it's something that you want to deal do well at um understanding that your feelings are normal that they're natural yet um false alarms can help make people feel more at ease when they have to do something that makes them um anxious so other research groups um, suggest that there's a helpful tool in coping with worries and negative thoughts is the yes, but technique. This technique requires the individual to challenge negative thoughts and counterbalance them with positive ones. So here's an example. So you're in a social anxiety scenario and a person would think, yes, I will indeed be attending this party packed with people that I don't know, but I am a funny, interesting individual with lots of hobbies, so I will definitely find something to talk about with them. Um, so counterbalance the the negative with the positive. Yeah, I I don't necessarily like dancing. I don't think I'm a good dancer, but I'm with my girlfriend. We're looking mad cute. You know, we we vibing together. We're having a good time together. I'm going to focus on my interaction and my time with her instead of focusing on everybody else. Because ultimately, she's the only person in this room that matters. Me and her is the only thing that really matters in this room to me and to her. Um, Number four, do something nice for someone. And this is something that we talked about a lot with anxiety, with depression, with grief. Um, Doing something nice for someone else. A good way to take the edge off of being in a social situation is to try to distract yourself from all your worries and negative thoughts by doing something nice for someone else. Um, Acts of kindness may help counter negative social expectations by promoting more positive perceptions and expectations of a person's social environment. Um, That was Dr. Jennifer True from Simon Fraser University in Canada. Um, kindness helps reduce individuals levels of social anxiety and in return makes them less likely to want to avoid social settings Um, people who engage actively engage in acts of kindness towards others such as helping a neighbor mow their lawn felt less avoided of social situations because helping somebody is an act of engaging in a social activity because social activities simply just take interacting with somebody that's the simple thing that it takes is merely just interacting with someone to start a social setting so when we look at social anxiety and i've had years upon years of dealing with it growing up and even sometimes now i sometimes still kind of hold back from talking or communicating with people because I do worry about being judged or I worry about I worry about being embarrassed um 
I think this plays out sometimes like when I go in restaurants, I'm I'm not getting loud and boisterous and demanding, partially I think because of my social anxiety. But remember, try not to avoid going to social settings. Try to do your best to engage in them, help, do something nice for somebody else because that helps you practice or that helps you learn to engage with people socially. Um, try to avoid having a safety person try to avoid um worrying too much and kind of plan out or become a very hyper focused on any possible negative consequences that can play out in a social situation so i wish you all the best get yourself out there in 2020 you know go have fun go dance go have a drink with a drink a drink or two with your friends but don't try to overdo it but this year, we want to try to break down those barriers that are holding us back with our anxiety, that are stopping us from engaging the social settings. So set goals for yourself of what you want to try to achieve more with, is with your social anxiety. And then either talk about it in therapy or kind of work out ways that you want to try to improve on it, or areas that you can improve on it so that going forward, you'll be able to engage more. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me here on the Captain's Couch. Leave me a five-star review. Leave feedback for the podcast on social media. Uh, drop the hashtag, the Captain's Couch. Uh, don't forget to put the pod in hashtag if you're tweeting it. Um, rate, the, rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Spread the word. Tell people, hey, a uh, buddy of mine does a mental health podcast kind of geared towards black people. Why don't you check it out? So with that being said, we'll pick up next week about kind of some the, the topic of anxiety and kind of being anxious in black in America um, and how that plays out in a, in a few different ways for us as black people. So we'll see you next week on the Captain's Couch. Peace. Congregation, would you turn your text to the book about cast? Chapter 2, verse 1, the first one to feel me. Jump up and make a jumbo noise, you've outcast it. Meaning, now you have a choice like that.